Just jam into the music, it's fun. Hello and welcome to VetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth. We are with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL, and follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. On the show today, Isaac Trotter returns at 10 o'clock Eastern time to talk about the NBA postseason and today's MLB card. And then at 10.20, Michael Leboff comes in to discuss the NHL playoffs, what we saw last night, and then we look ahead to Devils-Hurricanes game two tonight. In the final hour of the show, Chris Falica, the Bear, will be coming on to give us his Kentucky Derby picks. But first, let's go over the Lakers and the Warriors game two. And what a shellacking this one was. The Warriors come out firing, make a slight change to the starting lineup, and it pays dividends, winning 127 to 100. Clay Thompson drops 30 on 11 of 18 shooting. Curry adds 20. AD, uh, a not so stellar performance by him. LeBron James hangs 37, 7, and 3. Joe, as far as this series is concerned, with this game, t- uh, with the series tied at one game apiece, heading to LA, does this add some optimism to the Warriors, or was this fully anticipated? It was fully anticipated. Not so stellar. Uh, yeah, it's the AD <laughs> on-off game again. He didn't show up. Eleven and seven. Not even a ball handler has four turnovers in that game. AD was awful. So you know what? We're going to be betting on AD props coming up in game number three because that's what he likes to do on off, on off, on off. But, uh, yeah, you have to give it up to Clay as a team. They shoot 50% on their threes, 50% on on the evening. So that was something. And uh, in our world, the number one thing that stands out, it happened again. That spot, home team loses game one. They come back. Yes, they win. That's out there. In a row now, baby. But, but you know what the big thing is, Ed? The big thing. 20 into against a spread since 2019. That's the, like, winning does not shock any of us. It closed seven and a half. It, it was uh, creeping up throughout the day. They were supposed to win. Everybody picked them to win. That's not the surprise. But what keeps happening, no matter what the number was going to be set. They were going to cover it because it ends up being a 27-point game in the very end. And it was really close to the total with basically no scoring uh, the last few minutes. That's what happens in a blowout. But, um, you know, Aaron just didn't have to overthink this one, right? I mean, you knew Golden State was going to come out on fire at home, desperate spot. You don't want to go to L.A. down 0-2. And uh, they got the job done. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think we all thought the Warriors were going to win this. I didn't see them winning by as much as they did. That first quarter, a little bit tighter, but then the Warriors just got going. 110 points in the second, third, and fourth quarter. LeBron was essentially a no-show in the second half. And talk about AD. He was 0 for 4 on contested shots when he was covered by Draymond. So, thankfully, I needed this. It made me feel better. <sighs> Glad I cashed <laughs> up those Lakers. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, like- <laughs> oh there we go. There I, we never, go. I, never know, I never know where you're at. One minute you're mad about Looney. Next minute you're happy the Lakers lose. Like, I oh. never know what you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I bet it's a, a freaking it's a look on, the bright side on Looney over. And all the news is like, oh, man, Looney's got an illness. I'm like, what the heck? And then 
did like the home run prop. I bet Rowdy Tellez the next day he goes yard. I'm like having the worst week with luck on props. So I'm just like par for the course. Looney had eight boards. So what can you do? Uh, Missed that one. 13 and a half was the prop. He was sick, but hey, at least the Warriors got the W and they dismantled the Lakers. Love to see it. He was sick, but he also had eight rebounds in 11 minutes. Like, it was going fine. It was going great. He wasn't that sick. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't 23 he wasn't like he normally does. Well, <laughs> but here, I'm saying if he, if he plays the entire game, he, you know, he gets it easily. Yeah. Probably. But here's the thing, though. You know, you put Jermichael Green in the starting lineup. We had a premonition that something like this was going to happen for the Warriors when you look at the fourth quarter of game one when the Warriors went out to a significant run. Anytime the dubs go small, good things tend to happen in the playoffs. We saw that last year in the finals against the Celtics. We're seeing that once again here where Anthony Davis, you know, as great of a player as he is, yeah, he has those on games, off games, all that, all of that, but those small lineups are going to cause the Lakers problems. And so now it's up to them to make these necessary adjustments. We've seen the Warriors dynasty do this time and time again. It's slashes, it's cuts, it's long three-pointers. It was vintage Warriors in game two. What can the Lakers do to at least slow this down? Because, you know, Rui Hachimura came on and, and had a good outing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're not so much worried about the supporting cast here, although uh, I think it was Jared Vanderbilt, yeah. uh, you know, had a little bit of an injury issue, but, you know, he was still able to stay out there. Uh, but at the same time, though, it's one of those deals where it's going to require the Lakers to make significant adjustments and perhaps rely on that third scorer a little bit more than perhaps they're comfortable with to combat these smaller lineups, Joe. All right. You say third scorer because we don't know who it is. That's why we say third score. From game to game, right. we don't know who it is. And they need to get that figured out if they, if they want a chance to keep up. As you're talking about that, um, I, I rem- recall our conversation yesterday about Steve Kerr. Was he not alluding to this? Kind of watching how the game one plays out and then making your adjustments? I mean, isn't that what he was kind of talking about? And then we saw it in game number two mm-hmm. and going small and, okay, this is our game. This is how we're going to attack it. We know the Lakers' strength, what they're going to do uh, inside, and uh, we we certainly saw the uh, the Warriors' strength, and they, they go 21 for 42. I mean, that was just can, – can we – we know they're an awesome outside shooting team, and the other day I think they, they attempted over 50. You think they're going to do this there? They're just going to take that game? Yeah. History says, I mean, obviously all teams are more comfortable at home, the outside shooting teams, but uh, I don't know that it'll be as consistent, but you've got to stick with this until they stop it. Yeah, Clay Thompson, eight made threes for the sixth time that he's done this in his career. That's incredible. I mean, you got to think that's tough to do (laughs) um, night after night. But um, it's interesting you mentioned the the adjustments because usually – the talk is like LeBron's team is the one who loses the first game. And they're the ones who are like, okay, let's kind of feel this out. They're a little more methodical. And then they make the adjustments. And this time it was the Warriors that did it. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, Clay Thompson, one of the great catch and shoot specialists of all time, and he was able to do this once again. And it's funny that like Steph, you know, only hangs twenty, and you figure if that happens, then that puts the Lakers in a good spot. Uh, but you know, just about everybody, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, came up a little bit short. And so now the series uh, shifts to L.A. for Game Three uh, coming up soon. Want to get into another NBA headline here, uh, Mike Budenhoser. Uh, has been fired by the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, it's one of those deals where, on the one hand, you can say, well, you know, coming up short against the Miami Heat in the first round, yeah, that might very well be a fireable offense. But he did help the Bucks finish with the best record in the regular season. And he is only a couple of years removed from an NBA championship. I did a deep dive as to who I think the Bucks should not be targeting. And I'll get to that in a bit. But first, Joe, do you feel like that this timing was premature or just right? No, it was just right. We, we were talking about it the second that it happened, even before they lost the series. If this does happen, they need to uh, take a, a deep dive in the firing coach Bud. And we didn't think that they would go this route because of the recent championship. Now, what's the real why? That's my question. I, we're all going to jump to... Okay, who's the hire? And did, did Ime Udoka maybe react too quickly by going to Houston? Because I don't know. I'd like to coach Giannis versus going down yeah. to Houston and dealing with that roster. But that's just me. Instant title contender, I, I'd rather be there. I don't think Udoka felt that uh, this option was going to be available. Or maybe, you know, through back channels, they, they found out that he was not going to be hired. But what is the real reason because I think that's going to have a lot to do with the next decision that is made did Giannis go to management and say I want I don't want to play for this guy anymore did you go that route did management decide okay we don't want to we don't like his style don't like to drop two coverage whatever the drop coverage we want to move on because then you're going to remove Charles Lee from from the conversation, right? The associate head coach under Coach Bud, or do, do they like the system that they have? Also, they have key free agents up. What does Middleton think? He's a free agent. What is Lopez? I don't know that he has that power, but I'd like to know Middleton's opinion of Coach Bud, and, and I wonder if they went that route. Like, what was the real reason that he's gone. Is it because of player empowerment? Is it just management's decision that he's not up, up for the job anymore? So back in December, Giannis was frustrated and complaining. It, you know, that part is interesting. Something's been going on there. The other part of this that is, I think he was going to get fired anyway, but it is such a sad story that Coach Bud's brother died in a car accident in late April. Like, was he distracted mm-hmm. during the playoffs? I mean, it's awful. I mean, the Bucks are catching a lot of heat right now for firing the head coach when his brother just died in a car accident within the last couple weeks. Um, so, obviously, you have the top seed Jeez. in the East. You're out in the first round of the playoffs. You can't have that, you know. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> but, obviously, this is an amazing opportunity for whoever comes in and takes this job. I mean – 
We saw the Hawks job open. Like, you don't want – that's a tough job. Being a head coach is tough enough. You're basically getting hired to know that you're eventually getting fired. But you walk <laughs> into this Bucks squad coaching Giannis, you've got to love that opportunity. I mean, it's a pretty nice opportunity for anyone that's going to get this gig. It is a good opportunity. But here is who I think the Bucks should not be targeting. Nick mm. Nurse. I think nah. he would be a terrible fit for Milwaukee. And you're going to hear a lot of people say, well, he makes perfect sense. He's won a championship recently, so why not continue that momentum and maybe just a new voice and all that stuff. No, he is not going to be a good fit here. And the reason is this. I think what Milwaukee wants going forward is for Giannis to become more of an offensive threat and to have more offensive creation, more shot-making on this team, something that even though they had the best record in the regular season, they were lacking. Let's look at isolation plays. And I just looked at players who averaged at least one isolation play per game. As you can imagine, Kevin Durant led the way in terms of points per possession, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, they're all up there. Giannis was 75th on this list at 0.83 points per possession. The highest Raptor last season was Pascal Siakam, but he was 32nd with one point per isolation possession. Giannis needs a coach who can help him offensively, help him develop a better jump shot, or have a good cast and crew to help him develop a much better jump shot. You also look at points per 100 possessions as a team this season. Toronto was 12th. Milwaukee was 13th. Even when Toronto won the championship, that wasn't the greatest offense we were seeing. Even with Kawhi Leonard, they were sixth in the NBA. Golden State was first, but they had a lot of injuries in Toronto. You know, they made the most of their opportunities. But this is a situation where Nick Nurse is more of a defensive-minded guy, and I don't think that's what Milwaukee needs. I think they need guys who can play more iso ball, create more shots for themselves, and that will involve you know, adjusting the roster, of course, but having a guy who can come in and be more offensively-minded with a good crew of defensive-minded coaches, I think that's what yeah. they need going forward. And I'm not sure they had that under Coach Bud. And so, I, you know, Aaron, the, the points you made are, are really good ones. Like, maybe this was premature in terms of context, but in terms of what we saw on the floor, I think it's about right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean – I know Stephen A. Smith and some other guys have been campaigning for Lakers assistant coach Phil Handy to be a head coach soon, and he's really close to Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham was in Milwaukee. I wonder if uh, Phil coach will Bud. be getting an interview there. Yeah, I mean, Coach Bud, cool. there's been some some pretty good coaches to come out. Uh, Snyder, Jenkins, Ham. So I, what you're saying, it sounds like no Nick Nurse, no Charles Lee, go elsewhere with an offensive-minded coach. And you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, even though we're just going to keep hearing nurse, nurse, nurse. Right. We will, whether we like it or not. And uh, we'll see if Milwaukee makes the right <laughs> decision. This is Ben Guell Daily presented by BetMGM. We continue our NBA conversation coming up and talk tonight's NBA action with the Celtics Sixers Game 3 and Nuggets Suns Game 3 right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.